I'm Iron Mile Mason, and you're listening to Beyond the Barbell. All right, welcome back to Beyond the Barbell, brought to you by Reebok, official outfitter of CrossFit and the CrossFit Games. I am Blair Morrison. And I am Ben Alderman, and we are in Squaw Valley, California. I mean, the backdrop here is beautiful. We're here for the Spartan Race, the, the championship. World Championships. The World Championship for the Spartan Race. Uh, it's cracking here, man. It's pretty cool. I know. They've turned the, the Squaw Valley Olympic Village into just endurance racer central, obstacle culture everywhere. OCR. OCR, yeah. Obstacle course um, racing. It's cool. It definitely feels like a festival here. Very free. Every, you know, one of the biggest things, and you know, we go to a lot of CrossFit events, and you know, there's a there's a predictable pattern of um, kind of infrastructure that you expect to see, like with the vendor village in one area, and then the athletes area. And here, it's kind of all mixed together, right? Yeah. And like part of the course itself is running right through the middle of the village. So um, it's definitely a different feel here to some of the events that we're accustomed to being at. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's actually just a nice change of pace, having been to so many CrossFit events, you know. I feel like sometimes we, you know, like you said, it's just a little bit predictable. And so now we come here and everything's new. The event's new. The athletes that we're seeing are new. Some of the vendors are different. Well, some of us have participated in these events before. I, you know, my kids, <clears throat> my kids my kids, have done a Spartan race before. And so I'm I, not referring to Iron Mile Mason. Yeah, exactly. So I participated in that way. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do this one, but I was talked out of it because right. it was probably the right thing to do. I think our listeners need to know that Ben came up here fully expecting to, like, sneak into the race, getting a pass, and to actually do this thing. Using my celebrity status. Right, your celebrity status with Second-tier celebrity, but still I think it's enough to jump into a race. You're a huge OCR celebrity. Yeah, exactly, right. right. So I had to tell him that it was a 16-mile-plus race. At elevation. At elevation. I wasn't ready for that. No. I thought it was like a five-mile or a three, like a 5K. I thought it was like a 5K. Yeah. Right? This is the world championships. I didn't realize I was trying to jump into the world championships. This is the beast, what they call the beast. That being said, if I wasn't leaving today a little earlier than it was ending, I might still have tried to jump in. If, if it's like doing 450 GHDs in a workout, dude. I mean, you gotta go all in. Sometimes you gotta go all in. <laughs> I haven't run much, but I did. I did a run the other day. Uh, how, how far was that? It was three miles, dude. It, <laughs> felt, it felt like 16. It went by a little faster because I had like my new studio headphones in, and they like hugged into my ear, and like the the music. I didn't hear any road noise or anything like that. So for a non-runner. It was like a must, but the music kind of kept me moving. Those headphones are pretty sweet, huh? Oh, yeah. They look really they slick. They look dope. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. I like them a That's lot. That's not something you see. You don't see those a lot in the States yet, but I know they're big in Europe. They're a Swedish company. Um, I didn't know about them until I got the pair. And yeah. They, I don't know. I got a weird-shaped head. It's very large. And <laughs> I don't know. They have these little, like, inserts that change based on the size of your ear. So I could. Right. They know, can fit your head. Yeah, they'll fit anybody's. They'll fit anybody's. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have a head too big for these things or a head too small. So, you know, you'll be fine. And whatever you can use to get you through a three-mile run. Dude, and I mean, I paid for it. I felt like in the like the next day, down where my patella tendon connects into the shin, like down low, like I felt like I got hit with a baseball bat. Like it felt like an impact bruise. Like I banged myself on the coffee table walking by. You're definitely ready for this race. You're definitely I, ready. I would have miles. done it. I'm not even joking. I would have done it. I've done 450 GHDs. I've thrown. I've done the Iron Mile. I would do this. I think you would do it, and you would make it. You'd I, finish. I would be. You'd be broken. Oh, for sure. Broken. And it'd be way harder than I even think. You know what I like about this too is you see all the people that have finished the race. Yep. 
And I don't know who's the elite athlete and who's not. Um, they're all just covered in mud. And, like, you know, nobody comes out of this thing looking good. They're yeah. all looking kind of destroyed. Not, uh-huh. not like, but they're smiling. Everybody's happy. You know, if you've ever done, uh, like, a trail race series or a 10K or a marathon, it's a lot like a marathon. People are very happy to complete this. It's like a, just to get through it is an accomplishment. And you have, you see that, that. That look on everybody's face as they're going to the beer tent to get their free beer, uh, which is also a nice bonus you get to for, for finishing. Um, but that's across the board. That's the elite competitors, the guys who are you know going for big money and uh, sponsorships, and you all the way down the line. Yeah, and, you know I'm I'm not a big OCR guy. I mean I'll be honest, but I have done the uh, Ultimate Hawaiian Trail Run twice. It's a 10k, right? And it's got some pretty aggressive climbs. Obviously, you're at sea level. So there's not that factor. I think that's a pretty good comparison to what it feels yeah, like. I've to done do a this. 10k there. It's in six miles. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty solid. I think it's six miles, right? It's yeah, six, a little over six miles. A little over six miles, typically. So, and then after that race, everybody's really happy, you know, and everybody's kind of like, you know, hugging and like laughing at each other how muddy they are, and you know, just hanging well, out. And it's over. And it's over. And it's yeah. over. It's one. It's like you know, for for a 10k, you're looking at about an hour on uh, for the Ultimate Hawaiian Trail Run, right? For this, it's the fastest men, male or men are coming in like two and a half hours. So it's like three, four, five hours plus for. That's insane to me, though. It's two a long time, right? You're up there, like you bet. Maybe you have headphones. Like you probably your battery's probably going to run out in your phone before you uh, if we make it five hours. But people come in and there's not another event to get ready for. Like you know, across the competition, you have to kind of get amp up and like throttle down and amp up and throttle down. That that, that kind of wears you out in a different way. I'm telling you, having done a couple of these races, it's really nice just to be one and done. To, like, put the work in, be up there. And it's really hard. Not man. have to, like, go recover. Exactly. Change your shoes. Exactly. Mobilize. Get some food in you. No. You come out, you come out and it's a celebration. That's all it is. You're done. And it's, it's really hard out there, right? This is – I don't want people to get the idea that, oh, this is just, like, you know, a fun little – jog it's not i mean these guys are really working they're really working they, they got some good coverage up there with the um drones up there flying around the camera set up at the top of the mountain all around seeing the obstacles that they're doing and they're making it look like it's doable but this is i mean it's hard man i mean i i can't even imagine to be honest when you throw in the elevation aspect of this thing when you talk about the, the time like the best guys are doing it in two and a half hours right. um you know like there isn't really anything easy we talked about it uh, earlier, and that's just if you've ever backpacked or hiked and you've went ten miles in a day, like that's pretty. That's pretty solid. That's a pretty good day. That's a pretty good day, and that's a whole day. Fifteen miles in a day. Now you're like pushing the outer twenty miles tops. Like you're not going to go more than twenty no. miles. That no. takes you all day to walk that. Yeah, with a pack. Exactly. So these guys are going sixteen, and you're you're normal up people. Mountains up mountains. Like, this is yeah, not we're at Squaw Valley. It's it's. It doubles it during the wintertime. It doesn't double. Its primary function is as a ski resort. Right. Right? So you're going downhill. So it is an aggressive climb. It's an aggressive climb. So, And make no mistake, that's the part of these races that is the major challenge. Obstacles are great. They break up the monotony of just doing a run slash hike up a mountain and down. Um, but, you know, it's like there's some grip strength. you got to climb a rope. There's a little bit of skill. It's the run. It's sure. the distance that you're traveling. It's the terrain. That's the hard part. I was telling Ben earlier that, you know, on our Anywhere Fit trips, we try to incorporate a long run uh, over land. Like when we're in Iceland, when we're in Greece, wherever we are, we, we try to do one long crucible-type run, which is really what this is. It's for completion. Um, you just got to get there. You just got to make the distance, right? And towards the end of these things, when you get up in that 
you know, 13-mile-plus range, like, you can't you can't feel your feet. Like, I can't feel my feet. I'm, I'm not a marathoner by any stretch, but, like, I'm, I'm a pretty good runner. I'm pretty fit. My engine keeps going. But you, there's things that start to go away after that amount of time that are very uncomfortable. Like, you, f- you feel like you're just kind of, like, running on stubs. And you just keep moving, keep moving. And these guys, some of these guys, they're doing ultra bees. They're doing it twice, like back to back. They're doing 32 miles or 34 miles. Well, I think kind of what's uh, cool about this whole thing, and, and you know, it's, it's ridiculous that I could say I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this 16-mile run. I haven't trained for it at all. But really, anyone can. And I love that there's such a low barrier to entry. You know, if you walked up and you were at a CrossFit competition, even a local one, and you weren't trained in CrossFit, so I'm going to do this CrossFit competition, you'd have to be a very special kind of athlete in order to move through a competition with any kind of competency whatsoever. But here at the obstacle course race, which the Spartan race, if you can run, like nobody has to teach you how to run. Like you can run, you can actually walk, you can do whatever you need to do, and you can just get in and do it. So the obstacle is... Technically, you could fail every obstacle, do the 30 burpee penalty, and move on, and you yeah. still complete the race. Exactly. The obstacle, the, the barrier to entry here is your own, whatever you build this up to be in your mind, right? Whatever fear you take into, like, oh, my gosh, 16 miles, I'll die. When really, if you look around at people who are doing this, you're not going to die. And, in fact, if you were about to die, there's medical profession, professionals throughout the entire course. There's right. water throughout the entire course. There's all kinds of different things. And if you just want to tap out, guess what? You actually could. You could. You could. And you could go right back down. Not that you'd want to, and you don't want to set yourself up that way, but it's kind of a way of removing some of the fear for those of us who maybe aren't in this, in this. Right. Well, from a business perspective, the way Spartan is winning, the way Tough Mudder is winning, the way these obstacle course races are winning is not by attracting the elite athletes. It's about attracting the very people that you're talking about, Ben, people that don't think they can do it, do it once and realize, holy crap, I'm capable of covering way more distance, overcoming way more obstacles than I ever thought possible, and I'm, doing, I'm walking the entire way, right? I'm just getting it done. And that's one thing where I, I, see, I, see, I see a little bit of brilliance in the business model, right? You have the competitive athletes, and you have the everyday athletes side by side at every single race, every weekend. In CrossFit, you have... The everyday athlete and the elite athlete side-by-side in the open. And that's five weeks long, and then that goes away. And then the everyday athletes are not involved anymore. They're going back to local competitions. Every one of these races is equal opportunity entry. Like if you want to pay the money, you can come do it. That's, there's no qualification. There's no elitism. They, maybe they let the, uh, the best athletes off first sure. to keep a clear course. But they're able to make so much more money. Yeah. Like, that's why they're making so much money is because every race has 1% elite athlete and 99% everybody else. I mean, there is that business model is, is winning. And that's why I think obstacle course racing is getting so much more popular because you, you, you have that dynamic, you know, and that's – Honestly, it's just great. And honestly, and also you have the um, the hundred plus years of I don't know a thousand years of people running at that momentum, like people that run races and marathons. How long have marathons been going on competitively? And it's the same idea. Everybody can sign up for the marathon, right? The elite racers go first. They've just taken that idea and made it more interesting by adding obstacles. That's it's really a subtle change. And, and granted, this is a lot of work to set this up on a mountain. 
Absolutely, right? yep. Like, get obstacles up to the top, get cameras up to the top, get medical people up to the top, and all sure. over. It's a lot of area to cover, a lot of area to manage, and, like, you know, I hope at some point we get to talk to the founder of Spartan, Joe DeSena, because I've I've heard him on other shows where he talks about the amount of times that he's fa- he failed before this clicked over. And, you know, he just knew that there was a market for this because there's been a market for running. And that's who, that's who's coming into this. Is It's runners, people that do 10Ks, 5Ks, are tired of the turkey trot, and they're like, how epic would it be if I went to Lake, I went to Squaw Valley in Tahoe and conquered this incredible course? Right? Yeah. And that's the drive. And even though there's so many people doing it, it's still such a small percentage of the population out there that if you go back to your workplace and you actually just completed it, nobody's going to even ask you your time. Oh, they think you're an animal. Yeah. Just 99% of the time, you're like, hey, I did the Spartan race. Wow. That is incredible. What was your time is not the next question. No. It's, just, it's just like, <laughs> how do you feel? What was it like? Could I do it? Maybe next time I should train for that. Like, it's just like those types of questions about how they get involved. And I love that. So we have partnered with Fleet Feet, which is a major, you know, it's a shoe chain. It's a boutique shoe chain. It's not like a, a Sports Authority or Dick's or anything like that, but it's like a footwear um, retailer. And we train groups of 30 people to prepare for obstacle course races. Because at, at, Spart- at uh, CrossFit gyms, what do we have? We have ropes. We have cargo nets. We have, you know, uh, uh, sandbags and med balls and a lot of the and monkey bars and things like that that the average runner cannot prepare for. Right, so the, the average runner comes into the Spartan race fearing the obstacles, not the run. Right, whereas the average CrossFitter will fear the run and not the obstacles. Absolutely. So we partner with them. They get people from their running club that want to do OCR races, not not a regular 10K, but they want to come up and do the Spartan Beast in Tahoe or or whatever, or the one in Monterey or wherever they want to go. And we create this 12-week program where they get to go through. Learning how to throw a spear, learning how to climb a rope, learning how to lift an atlas stone, flip a tire, the things that they're going to need to know. And we mix in CrossFit in between, right? We give them the, the conditioning, the, the fine kind of closed circuit conditioning that gets done real fast that CrossFit is known for, that intensity piece. And they can couple that with their regular running. Yeah, they're getting the aerobic work on the road. Absolutely. Right? You help them with the, with the type of conditioning that they need in order to hang on to a 50-foot monkey bar. And they're stoked. They're stoked, and they're not afraid of it because they, they've done it before. Yeah. I think this is a, an angle that a lot of gyms are missing out on. If you see this this growing demand for these types of races, why why aren't you attacking that? I'll tell you why. It's the same thing we talked about with the Mind Pump guys. Everyone wants to be so insulated in terms of, like, their program is the best, and it is the way that, like, sometimes you see an obstacle course race as, a, as an enemy. That's not me. As the enemy. Right? And you're like, oh, when your people want to do the obstacle course race, you're, like, threatened. You know? And, like, well, why aren't you... you really think so? I think there are people out there like that. I absolutely... Gym owners that... 100%. Like, hey, you should do this this local competition. I want to do a Spartan race. No. You shouldn't train for that. Do do a CrossFit competition. Be even better. Right? When in reality, like, man, it's really nice up here. It's really (laughs) nice up here. And, And you know what? It provides something that a lot of us are missing. And I think that maybe... Maybe if you're a runner... Prepare for a CrossFit competition. Great. Awesome. If you're a CrossFit, prepare for a Spartan race. You know, awesome. But I think there's like... Like, both those things can be done inside of a CrossFit gym. That's my point. Yeah. That's can, my point. And, and, and not and, many places can accommodate that. That's, right. That's a part of what CrossFit has created. I mean, what is CrossFit? It's encompassing all different types of training, right? Sure. So you have all these different types of equipment. Let's utilize that for, for what people want to do. 
Some people yeah. want to do obstacle course races, a lot of people, and they don't know how to train for it. Well, it's so weird because we talk about how CrossFit prepares you for anything. Oh, unless you want an obstacle course race, but you can't, yeah. come, you can't come here if you want an obstacle course race, man. Like, we can't have you uh, doing the Tough Mudder or Spartan or, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? But, oh, it's going to make you a better mom. It's going to make you a better dad, make you a better construction worker, make you a better business person, make you better this. Right. And not an obstacle course racer, you know what I mean? Right. Like, well, the truth is, someone that goes through a comprehensive CrossFit program on a regular basis, your regular member, right? On average, they are prepared for the obstacles they're going to face here. They may not know how to throw a spear, right. but they're going to be able to climb a rope. They're going to be able to flip a tire. They're going to be able to carry the bucket. They're going to be able to do all these standard Spartan obstacles, hoist the sandbag, all those things. They're prepared for that. They're not prepared for the running. They're not prepared for the distance because CrossFit classes are an hour long. You never run more than two miles in a workout, right? Sometimes yeah. not even that. And a lot of CrossFit gyms don't like running, period. So they barely run more than 400 meters in a workout. So... That's not, what I'm wor- ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's not what I'm, I'm – I'm not worried about that average CrossFitter being wanting to go do this because they're going to be like you. They're going to be able to do it. They're going to gut it out. They're going to be sore, but they're going to be able to cover the distance. It's the running community that's not prepared. Yeah, the sad thing is I could go do this, and I'll complete every obstacle, right? Right. And, and you know what? My time might be slow, but there are runners out there who could, who could run this, outrun me, but I'm going to beat them. Or I'm going to outscore them because they're going to have to run past obstacles because they have not prepared themselves. And do the burpee penalties. And do the burpee penalties and do those different things. Now, that's the great thing about this model. But it also also exposes those runners for the whole. And they should go see Blair in in Folsom or in Rockland. They should come see me in Sacramento. You know what I mean? Like... Get the grip strength. Get, get the grip other strength, things, right? Get the upper body strength. Get the pulling strength. Get the get the type of intensity and in the engine work, you know, in the, in the different modalities that's going to allow you to climb hills. And yeah, you know what I mean. Like running on pavement for two hours isn't necessarily going to help you throw a spear. In fact, I doubt it. Right, and that's what I love about this. Yeah. I love about this because it is. In a sense, it's cross-training. It's not purely running. I think it's mostly about the run. I definitely think that. But it's yeah, enough absolutely. about other stuff to make it interesting, right? Yeah. To make it more real. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when we walk around, what we're seeing is people, they don't look like just runners. It looks like that. Like a lot of the people here are doing some other form of training, which is good. Are they doing the best form of training? I don't know how many of these guys are really embracing CrossFit and doing those types of different things. But... It seems like a similar community, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, well, I think what we're seeing is I mean, a very large cross-section of society participates in these, right? Yep. I mean, in our, in, our, in our OCR program at our gym, we have people that literally can't run. And I'm like, you're going to go do a Spartan race and you can't run? Like, yeah, you know, I had that we have to sub the, like, the bike or the row for them every time because, like, the knees are, are banged up or whatever. And you adjust and you make sure. But that, they know that they're going to do this w- you know, this one day and they're going to suck it up and get it done. Right. And I applaud that. And yet that's what you you mentioned earlier. Like there's people out here that don't look like your 150 pound emaciated marathoner. Right. Cause that's not, this is, this is targeting everyone who wants to overcome a huge, who wants to be a Spartan. Right. That's the idea. I mean, you have the, a little bit of the historical Spartan lore worked into this whole thing where, people are you know by your side helping each other overcome obstacles there's this they're trying to build this uh kind of spartan community um bond between racers um and i think that's great and i think that is it's working what we can see by the number of people that are here at this insane 
challenge. Like, this is crazy. For Man, look at these people. I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, Aaron, the president of FitAid, right? He's like, he got, he's doing this. He hasn't trained at all. And he, he went off at the 930 group. I hope he's not dead on the side of a cliff right now. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of attached to Fit A Booth this week. They're one of our sponsors. And, like, you know, we care about Aaron. But, yeah. And he is the perfect example I of a guy. I care about him enough to be concerned, but I'm actually more intrigued by this whole thing. I hope he does, like, a long ride. Actually, we know we'll have him on the podcast. I can't wait to hear the story, yeah. We'll have him on the podcast, and we'll, we'll interview him uh, at, and get his, his recap on it. It'll be awesome. Right. And what, what they've done is they've allowed people like that a way in like the day before you want to sign up boom do it do it yeah. i signed up on a whim man just like oh, we got a wild hair and i just did it right you can't do that at the crossfit games new no. this is the world championship the pinnacle event of the season for spartan i can sign up people signed up yesterday right right like that's not happening at the crossfit games it's a different model right sure. uh crossfit is a little more in the um Qualification. It's one of the, the Olympics model where you have to go through stages where everybody can can start out, but you get kind of weeded out along the way, and it becomes more of an event. This is more of a festival, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, don't be mistaken. We're not like we're not knocking the CrossFit model and only promoting the OCR model. What we're talking about is the benefits of this model. We're talking about how, who's making more money. <laughs> yeah, is what we're talking about. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't know their financials, but it looks like Spartans doing all right. They do this every weekend. Just, I mean, I think they do. It seems like they do. There's a race all across, around the world, across the country. Like, now, if there ever becomes a point where people get tired of the feeling of doing it, right, and they start to move on to something else, then they could be in trouble because, you know, the CrossFit Games are not going anywhere. Like, that's no. what's one thing that's nice about their model is they're not depending on people signing up for the CrossFit Games, you know. People do the Open. It's once a year. You can you get over 150,000 people signing up for the Open. Yeah. And everybody knows that it's going to be fun to watch the best of the best go at it. And it's a very spectator-friendly um, fi- finale, the CrossFit Games. Yeah, because at, the, at some level, a lot of people don't want to do. They want to watch. They want to watch. Right, so there will always be people there to watch. This is not a spectator-friendly finale. No, and that's also, I think, why they have to allow so much access to people is it brings in crowds. Right? So you have... I don't know, 5,000 people run this thing. Well, guess what? You get 5,000 uh, potential buyers for these vendors and all these different things. So, yeah, maybe where a CrossFit competition, somebody brings four or five people with them. Maybe it's something like this. They really don't bring anybody with them. Maybe one or two people, you know. But Right, but the audience is there, right? The audience is audience there. The audience is there no matter the what. Because the racers are – there's so many racers. Yeah. I don't think there's many people here that just came – that don't know anybody that just came to watch. Yeah, right. No way. Right. That, that, that's not There's what no it just feels huge like. Spartan racer fans, right? Yeah. There's a, a, a large number of, of participants, a large number of participants. And there's some family members of participants that are here. Um, and there's some vendors here. But um, we were watching the, the big screen out in the village here. And it was pretty cool. You had the kind of drones up there following some of the people in the front of the pack, camera set up. But just think of the logistical challenge that having good media here presents. Like, you're you're in the top of a ski slope. There's not, like, power up there. Like, you can't get cameras everywhere you want, get good zoomed-in facial expressions. And it lasts, at minimum, two and a half hours. Like, nobody's going to sit down and watch that for two and a half hours. So what do they do, right? This is going to be aired in December, right? Like, it's not a live – I'm not sure this is – it has the capacity to be a, a live event. Maybe not major networks, right? Like right. major networks are going to struggle to carry something like this live. 
uh, at least until technology in some way catches up to make things a little bit more. Right, and which makes it also difficult for it to be a live spectator event because there's not a grandstand where you're seeing everything going on. Like, you can choose to be at the start line, the finish line. You can go up to the top, and there's a couple viewing areas up there. But, you know, it's... It's more. It has challenges in that area. I think maybe if there was like a mass teleportation unit, <laughs> and we could take everybody, and we could take them from the start, and we could just like, oh, in three seconds we're in the middle, right? Then it would be extremely, you know, viewer friendly. But until that happens, you know, yeah, right. The, the it's uh, participation model. They need the people to participate. Model is yeah. going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be huge. Well, I mean, it's it's going to be fun to be here, you know, for the rest of the the rest of the racing. I've seen a bunch of people that I know already that are participating in this race um, from all over California. Um, I would say that if you're out there listening and you have not done one of these because you think you can't make it, it's that that the distance is too great. You can do it. You but maybe not the world championship. You maybe shouldn't jump into that. Well, yeah, they have all different distances, right? You yeah, have the the sprint version, the sprint version, which is 5K. I want to say is it five k? I think so. Five miles, maybe. Five miles, okay. Yeah, sure. something like that. And then they have a 10-mile uh, super, and then they have the beast, which is like the super long version. Yeah, there is – this is a this is a cool vibe. Like, and and we've, we've, I've done them in, in Sacramento. There's there's ones that go to Monterey. There's, they have them all over the place, and every place is unique. That's another thing that's kind of, di- kind of interesting is it's not like the – the regional floor, which they replicate to make everything the same. It's like the the terrain, the weather, it's all unique to that weekend, right? Yeah. And that may favor favor you or may favor somebody else, but it's um, it's kind of like a shared shared obstacle in itself. And um, I know people that use these types of races as a way to travel. Like we Absolutely. had a guy from our gym that went to Hawaii this year to do the, the Beast in Hawaii, and he stayed an extra four days. You know, his, his wife met him over there, and they hung out, and... You know, it's, it's, it offers something different in that respect, and I think people should consider it. You know, it's an opportunity to travel, and, you know, just as we wrap, it's also a way for somebody to kind of put a focal point on a calendar, maybe just, like, pinpoint a date and say, hey, you know what, I want to do this, and then start putting in the work that's needed in order to be prepared to do it at least the best way they can. Yes, you can just run it, you know, kind of willy-nilly, just right, just jump in, but also... If you're an entrepreneur or you're a businessman or you're a dad and you're sitting at home and you're like, man, I got to get back into shape, you know, go on, the, Sign up, man. Yeah, go on the Spartan website, right? Find one that's six months out, put it on your calendar, and then just start training for it. You know, go to your local CrossFit gym. Go to dadbotathletics.com. Dadbot right? Athletics, right? And, and jump on some programming. Like, find a way to get yourself, like, moving. And then reward yourself by coming out here and crushing it. Yeah. And then enjoying a beer or enjoying the festivities or enjoying Squaw Valley or wherever you go. And be for, be there for the experience, yep. you know, because it's a lot more than just the race. And I, I think that's that's important to know. Like, this is a really cool vibe. If you guys are out there, you've already done one of these races, you know what I'm talking about. Um, keep doing it. Hit me up if you guys want help on how to prepare. Because, like I said, we've been we've partnered up with this running group, had great success. Everybody's overcoming. Like, we overcoming these obstacles it's not it's not out of your power to learn this it doesn't take that much practice but sometimes it's hard to know where to start so if you guys need help give me a call hit me up on instagram whatever and i'll uh, i'll kind of give you the template of what we've been doing but that's a great offer right there morrison blair dude help man yeah i love help the people's coach i know ben's gonna hit me up after this via instagram to help him everything you tell me i just do the opposite (laughs) so what are you gonna do um all right guys well Uh, Stay tuned for more from Squaw Valley and the Spartan Race, and uh, we'll see you soon.